the home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Well, your Dayton Flyers have now lost two bye games in five days. Other than that, how's the season so far, Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> it's John Bedell, it's former Flyer Rex Gardecki, and it's you here for Flyer Feedback. Rex, it was a one-point loss to UMass Lowell on Saturday. Tonight, the Dayton Flyers got walloped by the Lipscomb Bisons, 78-59, a 19-point loss on your home court in the non-conference before we've even hit Thanksgiving. Yeah, when you shoot 38% from twos, 29% for threes, get out-rebounded by five, uh, we just offensively... Our movement is just east-west. There's nothing going north-south at this point. And somebody asked me earlier, guys coming off the bench, there's no cavalry. There's nobody else coming. You know, what we've got on that bench is what we're going to see, and these young guys are going to have to pick it up. Uh, it's not, it doesn't get any easier. You know, you've got a game Saturday. You're coming into that. So um, we shot the ball a little bit better, some of the guys off the bench, but it's still not, not good enough consistency. You're not going to win scoring 50 points a game. It's not in college basketball today. No. Dayton made a little mini run, Rex, to close the half. They ripped off a 7 nothing run to cut it to within 10. Um, other than that, I mean, Lipscomb, Rex, really turned this into a laugher. And like Brooks and Larry said, that, that should not happen on your home court. It should not happen in a bye game. Um, but – here we are yeah. as we await the post-game comments of head coach Anthony Grant. Uh, Flyer fans, you want to bend after this one? I don't blame you a darn bit, especially after the last two games you've watched. Uh, you can tweet me at jbedellwhio. You can call us up at 937-457-1290, or if you're here with us at Flanagan's Pub, you can take advantage of the Bud Light mic. Um, Rex, you can't blame Dayton fans who are no. feeling pretty fatalistic after this two-game stretch. Yeah, I mean, uh, you look at the schedule, Austin P is always competitive in the OVC. Then we go on the road to uh, Orlando, and it just gets tougher after this. So uh, there's no place to hide, and it's a matter of getting yeah. in there and, and getting after it and, and finding out what we're made out of. I think at this point we've got to find out who our leaders are and who's going to take control of this team. Uh, we've got so many young guys, and I don't know if it's just they're afraid to sort of say something or go up, but it's, it, it's got to start now. And uh, I look at Lipscomb. They have a big center. Just, he just controlled the whole action of the game. Yeah. Uh, if you overplayed them, they went back to a lot of the Princeton offense, and they're just a team that's well-coached and to play together for the last two or three years. Yeah, and it's discouraging, Rex, because, you know, Nate Green and I sat here on Saturday after the loss to UMass Lowell, and Nate said, look, these guys have got some soul-searching to do, and whether it's a come-to-Jesus meeting or whatever, they got some stuff to figure out. And, Rex, I, I don't blame Dayton fans if they think, well, this team's moving backwards because you just got housed by a Lipscomb team. I mean, 19 points on your home floor in a bye game, that's, not, that's, that's unacceptable. That's not supposed to happen. That hardly ever happens to, to us. So um, it's discouraging, you know, from a standpoint of being a former flyer and a former player. And, uh, but they've just they, – it's, it's still early. You've got, you've just got to get your ears squared up there and get into practice and try to make something out of this, this little part of the season right now. What do you see, Rex? You played, you coached. What do you see? What is what is working, and really, I think more accurately, what is not working right now? I think the offense is just no one is really taking control at this point. Um, as I said, we're going a lot of east-west. We're not going north-south and south. Brooks, Brooks and I talked a little bit about that at halftime. So 
Uh, we started to take the ball the hole in the second half. You've got to create easy baskets. You've got to get stuff into transition, and we have just not done that this year. Uh, the last couple of years, we were able to get in an easy transition, but it seems like every shot is hard, and we're struggling to get that at this point. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> you know, we, everybody knew Rex, look, young team trying to figure it out. They had a lot of potential. But as we talked about before the, the season, they don't, they don't play the games on paper. Potential's never won you a game. But I don't think any Dayton fans, I, to a man, I don't think, Rex, anybody would have told you, oh, sure, they'll be one and two after three games, and they will have lost consecutive games to sub-200 Ken Palm teams. No. I don't think, I don't think anybody would have, even at the lowest expectations of the season, would, would have told you that this is where we'd be at after three games. There's no doubt about that, John. And, and watching Lipscomb in, in pre-practice, you know, they're shooting around about 530. You could tell it in their eyes. They came in to win. Yeah. I mean, they did not have any, any conception of going out and losing this basketball game. Uh, they were fired up. They were ready to play. They came out with a lot of fire in their eyes in the beginning of the game, and we just never could get over the hump. They were just, you know, they were the aggressors all night tonight. And when you look at shooting percentages for them and us and out-rebounding, you're, you're going to lose. Yep. Yeah, it's just uh, they just never had it. They they just looked for a lot of the night wrecks. The way I would describe it is they just looked listless. I thought. Yeah, it's a, I know that's hard to say as being a former player, but I think uh, the co- coaches and the players have to look each other in the eye tonight, tomorrow at practice. They have no time to rest. Uh, tomorrow, Thursday, you come back Saturday afternoon and play. Yeah. So they've got they get practice tomorrow. They get a little bit of film and watch this, and then get start going over the scouting report for Austin P. As I said, that will not be an easy game. They're very athletic, and then, you know they're they're going to come in there with the fires in their eyes, looking at the last two scores, so they can they can win this game. I think today was not not that Saturday wasn't sobering for Dayton fans, but I think tonight Rex was the real splash of ice water in the face of people realizing, holy, you know what, this is going to be a much longer season than we thought. Um, because Larry said before the game, there was a real sense of urgency that he sensed in the building among the team, and certainly he knew the coaching staff was feeling a sense of urgency to say, okay, unacceptable, horrible loss on Saturday, but we can't do anything about it now. Let's try to turn the page and move on. And then they lay this egg, Rex. I mean, that, that's what's tough to take, is you felt the urgency before to show that maybe Saturday was just a blip. Yeah. And, I, and they followed up with this, and you think, oh, boy. Well, I, you know, maybe, maybe defensively they can start picking up the tempo a little bit more. It seemed like tonight we tried to get up there and make a couple steals. We played zone a little bit, but that was not effective against them. They're too good a team. They're, they're going to spread you out and shoot threes. Right. Shoot one, the one kid, yeah, one kid went five for five. So they're, just, they're a well-coached team, and we just came in and laid an egg tonight. And that's, that's the only thing we can really say. And, you know, Rex, I just shudder to think what – I mean, what kind of results you're looking at once you get to Orlando next week? Because I mean, look, I mean, they, they've got to take, they've got another game on Saturday. We we know that, but so forget Austin. You can't forget Austin P. They can't for a second. But my God, Rex, you get to Orlando and you play against the Miami Hurricanes like this. Forget trying to play Kansas in the second round. You're headed straight towards playing Northern Texas, uh, North Texas, <laughs> after that first round in Orlando. Well, this plus this will be the first there. time these young kids go on the road. Too also, we've, we've played four games at home and haven't been real successful. Hopefully, Saturday will be, but you know, that's going to be a real growing experience. I'm going, we'll have a great crowd, I'm sure, going to Orlando, yeah. but it's 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 tough area. You're going into Florida, and Miami's going to have a lot of people there, and you got Kansas right after that. So, 
we just got to get back to the drawing board and uh, start doing the things that you're supposed to do fundamentally right, and we just are not doing them right now. Yeah, no, they're not. It's John Bedell, it's former Flyer Rex Gardecki, and you here for Fire Feedback as we await the live postgame comments of Dayton head coach Anthony Grant after Dayton drops to 1-2 and two on the year after a 78-59, to 59, you heard that right, lost to Lipscomb, a 19-point drubbing at home. Uh, another bad loss for the second time in five days over at UD Arena. Rex used to coach. I mean, if you're – if you're Anthony, if you're in this locker room, what do you say to a team after a two-game stretch like this? Well, I don't think, you, you know, you can't just lose conscious of where you're at. I mean, you can go in screaming and shouting, but, yeah. you know, when these guys, these kids are not, not kids anymore. They're men. So they've heard all that. Uh, I think they've just got to look at themselves in the face, and I'm sure they're going to go over the shooting percentages for Lipscomb and the things that they did. So uh, it's, it's – I think it's – Falls on the kids. Coaches are doing all they can at this point. So, you know, we played just – I think we played everybody tonight that we could. Zimmy did not play again. He's still a little bit a little bit hurt. So, uh, we got some minutes off the bench from Moo. And, uh, you know, he's a, a big, strong kid, so maybe he can start doing some things. Yeah. Uh, JB on Twitter says, I'm not calling you <laughs> because you would just have to use the dump button. <laughs> it's one of those kind of nights, Rex. Yep. But you can say what you want, just don't get us fined. Say it in a positive manner. Uh, you know, that's the kind of night it is for Dayton fans, and I don't feel I – don't, I don't blame, you know, Dayton fans who were feeling maybe like JB tonight, just wanting to blow off some steam after this. Now, we thank you, Dayton fans, for blowing off steam with us here at WHI Radio on our feedback. Uh, we're thankful for that. But, you know, it's, it's – uh, what, what do you say, Rex? It's, it's, been a tough, it's been a tough start to this season. Yeah, and we just got to keep the fan base there, and uh, people can't get frustrated. I know it's – it's easy to do that. Everybody wants a winner, and you want to get on the bandwagon. But now is the time when the players really need it. I mean, they can't uh, lose focus of that. And I think our fan base will uh, hopefully come back Saturday and uh, hopefully get a win and get back in a winning column and, and go from there. Get back up off the mat. As we said Saturday, you always talk about, you know, Rex, from your coaching days, when you, when you lose a game like UMass Lowell on Saturday, you got to say, okay, we can't let them beat us twice. Well, now it's starting to snowball. Right. you got to prevent it from going much further. you got to stop the bleeding on Saturday and try to get up off the mat and, and beat Austin P. to get some sort of good mojo going because right now the vibes are just not good around this team. No, there's just, as I said earlier, I just don't think there's the leadership at this point. No one's not sure, should I take this shot or should I not take this shot yeah. or should I get the ball to the basket. What I found years ago, and the easiest way to do is to get to the free throw line and get some easy baskets. Uh, if you're not shooting the ball from outside, as some of our players did tonight, try to get to the free throw line. Get four easy, easy points or six easy points in the first eight or ten minutes. Then you get a little confidence in yourself. So we're just not doing that, John, at this point. We're just, we're just living on the outside, just see me using 20 or 25 seconds of the shot clock. Then all of a sudden we're looking. In right. desperation, there's eight seconds to go before we can create something. So you've got to get some easy transition baskets, and we're just not doing it at this point. Because I think Bucky had said in his pregame comments with Larry that he had talked to Anthony, and he, he said, well, you know, Bucky said, I just think you guys got to get out in transition more. And he said, Anthony said back to him, yeah, don't I know it. You know, like, <laughs> you know, I think Dayton fans look at this team, Rex, and think, man, who is going to step up and just make a play here? Does that mentality, do you think, go on in the locker room, too, where these guys are just unsure of themselves almost, and they're thinking that same thing, thinking sure. who's going to step up and do this? Who's going to sure, make a play for I'm us? I'm sure right that. Now? You look at who's got experience from last year. 
You've got Elijah Weaver had a few minutes. You've had Mustafa's had a few minutes. Zemi has not played really this year because of his injuries. So there's no one in there that I think at this point is going to look at each other and say, okay, this is going to end. You know, we're, we're going to overcome this and we're going to go. So someone's going to have to do that in the next 48 or 72 hours to get some credibility back to us. Yeah, like you said, you just got to try to pull the nose up on the season because it's, it's trending. Like I said, the vibes are, are not good right now. They got to try to pull it up and try to get up off the mat on Saturday and at least get the – you know, you get to two and two with, with some sort of feel-good energy, Rex, before right. you get on to Orlando. Because, that, you know, that's, that's going to be a wake-up call on Thanksgiving Day against Miami playing like this. Well, there's no doubt about that. And uh, their big center tonight, he was just so much more physical than Dyron. You know, Dyron's an 18-year-old kid going right. next to a kid that's six foot nine, 270 pounds, and is pretty skilled and knew, knew what to do. So uh, I think that have Moo coming off the bench and trying to do some things might, might help us and maybe move Dyron out to a wing. And that way takes him takes the pressure off him guarding the five all the time. I think there's maybe Rex, if you take the if you take the pulse of the fan base, there's probably the frustration level runs the gamut. There's some people who are who are kind of making the point you made earlier of well, they are young, you gotta be patient. But to play devil's advocate and just the other side of the spectrum, Rex, what do you say to Dayton fans who first of all, people it's okay to be upset about these two, because this sure. is this is not a good stretch. But what do you say to Dayton fan who looks at this and says, Darn it, I don't I'm tired of hearing about how young they are, I'm tired of hearing that stuff. These kind of losses are inexcusable. They should be one of these two games. What do you say to that? Well, I probably agree with that. Uh, you know, people are paying good money to uh, come and watch the product, and tonight was just wasn't the effort was not there consistently. At times, they would sort of make a run, but they could just not get over the hump when they got it to like 12 or 11. I thought, well, maybe they can start picking up, but then they just give up. It seems like they just give up a dagger of a three every so often, and yeah. that's just that's, that's hard to come back from. Yeah, it really is. It was it was a demoralizing kind of. As I said Saturday, it was a, Saturday was a head in hands kind of feeling for Dayton fans afterwards, and I don't think tonight is much different, Rex. It, it's just not. Yeah, and that's you know that's one nice thing about college basketball. It's not as if you have to wait a week to play. You're going to come back right. in seven two hours and play. So tomorrow will be, I'm assuming, a, you know, I should sit and say this light practice. Sometimes these losses, the practices are extremely hard. So. Uh, and Coach Grant has, has been through this before. He has seen it, and he's coached the good players. So I'm sure, you know, they're going to earn their money here tonight and tomorrow to figure out, what, you know, how to turn this around. Yeah, and I think one thing they got to start doing, clearly, Rex, is, is more offensive output because i got to get a ha- give a hat tip to uh, our friend David Jablonski, a former coworker of mine over the Dayton Daily News, and Jabo had dug up that uh, the 122 points they had scored through their first two games was the lowest total since 08-09, that team scored 114 in their first two. Now, obviously, that's a team that perspective. That was my junior year. They made the tournament that year. Uh, that was a team that was far more efficient defensively than they were offensively, that, that London Warren, Chris Wright, Marcus Johnson group. Um, but, you know, that 122-point total through two games and then 59 again tonight, like, you know, this is a team that I thought before the season – look like, boy, they could really score the ball. Well, so far, three games in, not so much. I would venture to say of those 122 points, John, I bet you eight of them have been in transition. You know, that's not very many points at all. And I, you know, I don't want to harp back on the Obi days and the Jalen right. days. And, uh, but we scored so easily in those, day, those days because guys were getting to the wings. Guys were taking the ball to the basket. Yeah. And we're just, not, we're just not doing it. And we're not really stopping people. So when that happens, the ball goes to the net. We, we, you, know, you can't go in transition when the ball goes to the net. So we've got to do a better job defensively. Uh, seems like Lipscomb tonight, did, they would break us down. And before you knew it, the shot clock was down to seven or eight, and they made a key three or the, the big fellow, you know, wheeled inside and made something. So 
We just did not make enough stops. You got to make four or five, six stops at a time and get transition going. We haven't done that yet. Yeah, and I think you know they've got athleticism off the freaking charts on that roster, Rex. I mean, that's a, that's an offense that you would think would be able to hit the turbo boosters if they could get out in transition. And sc- I'm not saying they're going to be like season of dreams team and have that patented twenty point you know that twenty point run avalanche that they would throw at teams. Just it was a matter of time, but. This team could be more efficient offensively if they could just get out and transition and score some easy buckets. I think too. I mean, you got to stop people. You know, you you've, you can't make one or two stops. You've got to make four or five or six consistently. You got to dig in, and that's when it's really tough in college basketball. You, you you just can't give up an easy shot when you're only down six or eight. You've got to value the possession every every time you're going on defense. And if you don't, you're going to lose. Yeah. It's uh, it's John Bedell. It's former Flyer Rex Gardecki, and you here for Flyer feedback as we. Await the live post-game comments of head coach Anthony Grant here on WHIR Radio. He'll be uh, live on Blackburn Court with uh, Larry Hanskin as soon as he's done uh, talking to the team, Rex. We know after these kind of losses, Anthony tends to take a little longer uh, to have a chat with the guys before he comes out with Larry. Um, so we'll yeah. see what. You know, you got to value what you're saying at this point. These, yeah. these things are tough, and everybody's listening to what Coach Grant's saying. And, you know, unfortunately, we've got naysayers saying, you know, we told you so, we told you so, or this and that. Uh, Anthony's been through this enough. He's, he's, he's been through the college and the pro ranks. So I'm sure he's trying to get himself composed enough to figure out, you know, what to say earlier. He just doesn't want to go out there and jump in to say something if someone asks him a question. So uh, we don't want to pull Bobby Knight or something <laughs> throws a chair or, or leaves the court. So I don't yeah. think we got to worry about that. Yeah, so we'll see what Anthony has to say about this one. 78-59, Dayton a loser, a 19-point really just, like I said, Rex earlier, it just feels like they just got outclassed by Lipscomb uh, in a game that was never close. And I, and I think what's, what's disconcerting for Dayton fans too is that I know it's a long season, but you look at these two games and think, God almighty, they've lost to two sub-200 Ken Palm teams. And Rex, I just think, I mean, forget about – the non-conference for this for for a second. The, the teams you're going to see like Virginia Tech and Ole Miss and Miami next week in Orlando. Uh, when you get to the A10, I'm thinking Rex. There's way more talented teams in the Atlantic 10 than these two teams that have come in the last two nights. So I think maybe there's Dayton fans looking saying, God, if they're going to struggle against the likes of UMass Lowell, when you have a geographic qualifier, by the way, that's never good. You should not lose the teams with the geographic qualifier. It's not regular UMass. No. It's UMass Lowell, and then you lose to Lipscomb. Um, I think there could be Dayton fans thinking, man, how long of a season is it going to be if they can't get these two teams taken care of? Well, George Mason was ahead of Maryland tonight. Maryland's the number 20 team in the country. Uh, You know, VCU's struggling a little bit, but Rhode Island's playing well. Richmond's playing well. So, believe me, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. I mean, (laughs) teams have come in here and we've pounded on them for three or four or five years. So, uh, they're looking for the juggler vein at this point. There's, there's, you know, they're not going to feel sorry for us at this point. And the players. I think we've got, we've got to realize that right now, John, that, you know, as I said earlier, nobody else is coming. Well, what we've got out there is what we're going to play with for the next 20-some games. So we've just got to grow up physically and mentally and to say this is not going to happen. You know, we're, we're not going to give up easy baskets. We're not going to give up offensive rebounds at certain times. So it's just something that the players are going to have to do. Yeah. And, and with, with the A-10, speaking of, uh, misery has loved company the last week as it's been a rough week for the A-10 with some uh, multiple teams dropping some bye games. Uh, but really, our focus here is the Dayton Flyers, Rex, and right now the the, uh, the vibes just, just don't feel real great uh, with what's going on right now. And, and how can you blame, you know, it, it's just clear to see that with, with these two losses they've had. And, and we, uh, you know. Well, we haven't shot, really, we have not shot the ball well from outside. No. Tamani tonight did not shoot the ball very well. 
Uh, Mustafa's made a couple tonight, but we're just not shooting the percentage that we need to be to, to win games. And sometimes maybe we need to go inside out. De'Ron missed a couple layups early in the game. If those shots go in, you know, it sort of makes it a little bit easier. But we just can't. It seems like at the crucial time we can't get the stop or make an easy basket. And then until we do that, it's going to be a long season. And not even crucial time, Rex, for extended <laughs> amounts of time. I mean, they, they can't even, like I mentioned, they make one little run at the end of the half, and that's the closest they can get is within eight or ten. You know, once they fall into that hole, right now, Rex, they're having a real hard time digging themselves out of that. They yeah. just they you, you watch them and wonder where's the counterpunch. Yeah, yeah. It would, well, when you're only averaging fifty some points a game, that's true. You're not, you know, when you don't have a high potent offense where you can just say we're going to go down. We don't care if they're going to shoot, make a two. We're going to make a three, and we're going to get uh, more possessions. But this team is not getting more possessions than we've had in the past. They don't have the the defensive identity no. yet that, that no. we should go or can right. be successful with that kind of offensive output. Well. I got music in my ear. That means Anthony's ready. So what does head coach Anthony Grant think about this 78-59 loss to Lipscomb? Well, Dayton fans, you're about to find out because he is live on Blackburn Court with Larry Hanskin on the other side of this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Larry Hanskin back at the UD Arena. Dayton Falls to Lipscomb, 78-59. to We're joined by Flyers head coach Anthony Grant. And coach, uh, talked to you before the game, and you were very, very concerned uh, about uh, the ability to defend Lipscomb's action, their ability to shoot the basketball, their ability to score in the low post, and all the things that you were concerned about came to fruition. They did. You know, and Lipscomb, you got to give them credit. They came in, and, and again, you know, they had a lot of success on the offensive end. They did a good job of, of holding us on the defensive end. They did a good job with their matchups. And, you know, I think right now we got three games of, of uh, data on our team. And, uh, you know, for me as a coach, uh, it's on me. I got I to gotta do a better job of making sure I prepare my team to come out here and put them in the best position where they got a chance to win. So uh, I got to do some evaluating in terms of what I'm doing as a coach, but I got to be better. You know, in three games, uh, it's safe to say that no no one has been consistent in three games. And, and developing consistency, I mean, that's a, that's the secret sauce that everyone hopes to find. But can it start with just consistency when it comes to effort and energy and attention to detail? Yeah, that, that's that's definitely where it's got to start. And I, I got to make sure that, that we're doing everything that we can uh, to try to develop that. You know, we got a bunch of young guys um, that, that don't understand, you know, how hard they got to play. Um, I have a saying like, can you play well when what you think you do well isn't going well? And we got to be able to play well in spite of whether or not shots are falling, where no matter what's going on for us individually, we got to be able to, to, to understand that you have to be able to defend. You have to be able to, to, to pay attention and, and have a attention in detail in terms of scouting reports. And then offensively, you got to be able to do it together. You know, we, we don't have a team. Um, where there's an individual out there on a given night that we can we can say that guy's going to get you know 2025, but we got a bunch of guys if they would do it together, that should be able to have a level of continuity, and we've not been able to find that. We've not been able to find that in the three games that we've played up to this point. So so we've got to reevaluate what we're doing and how we're doing it on both sides of the ball. How important is it for the guys to to both be patient with each other, but also hold each other accountable as they go through a tough time? Well, you know, we got a lot of young guys, like I said. So you look at the stat sheet tonight, you know, you got 200 minutes in a basketball game. I think 
Tumani, he's got three. This is his third year in college. He played 30 minutes. Uh, Elijah Weaver, this is his fourth year in college. He played 30 minutes. So there's another 140 minutes that are going to guys in their first or second year of college basketball, right? So, so they don't know. So my job is to help, help them grow and help them learn that, right? So through these lessons, through what we do on a daily basis in practice, you know, we have to, we have to go to work. We have to get better. So we have evidence right now to say, okay, this is, this is what it is, okay? This, this is UIC. This is uh, UMass Lowell. This is Lipscomb, you know, three straight games that, we, we've kind of underperformed in terms of the expectations, in terms of the potential that we have as a team, right? So I've got to be able to look in the mirror and understand I got to be better, right? And I need everybody in that locker room to understand the same thing. So I got to try to make that happen. All right, Coach, we'll let you go. All right, that's going to wrap things up here. On behalf of our crew courtside, our engineer producer, Alex Schilling, and my partner working for Bucky tonight, uh, Brooks Hall, I'm Larry Hanskin. Final score again was Lipscomb 78, Dayton 59. Now stick around for more of Flyer Feedback. The home of the Flyers, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Brought to you by Bud Light. Where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. Frickers, for over 30 years, has been the home of fun, food, sports, and spirits. Care Source, individual and family health insurance that has you covered with kindness. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. The Bud Light Post Game Show on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. University of Dayton Basketball is a presentation of 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. The announcers for today's game were chosen in conjunction with the University of Dayton. Get up, Flyer fans. It's the show just for you. Flyer Feedback, presented by Bud Light. Flyer Feedback is brought to you by Flanagan's Pub. For all of your UD Flyer game day food and drinks, check out the newly remodeled Flanagan's on Stewart Street. Enjoy that same Flyer faithful experience you've grown accustomed to since 1976. Bud Light, where there's fun, there's a Bud Light there. Premier Health, proud to be the official health care provider for UD Athletics. Learn more at premierhealth.com slash UD. And by Logan AC and Heat Services, the official heating and cooling partner of the UD Flyers, helping fans stay comfortable all season long. Call in with your comments or questions. 457-1290. Flyer feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Buckle up and away we go. It's John Bedell. It's former Flyer Rex Gardecki. And you here for Flyer feedback. The Lipscomb Bisons came into UD Arena and they cruised past your Dayton Flyers. 78-59. Lipscomb, the final Dayton, a 19-point loser and Anthony Grant and company have now dropped two bye games in five days. Dayton's one and two on the year, and uh, Rex Gardecki, uh, as we uh, as we go along here on Flyer Feedback, as I said in the post game before we heard from Anthony, the the vibes are just not good right now around this team. No, and what Anthony said is what we all know. I mean, there's no golden secret to this. I mean, you're playing an easy game. It's just a matter of the kids have to execute, and they've got to they've got to really want to win. 
And until that happens, I don't, you know, you wonder about this group. You know, sometimes losing, it just intense in your body. And I think it's got to get to the point either they've said this enough or state goes back the other way. Yep. And that's what we're going to find out in the next two weeks, John. It's gut check time. Yep. Another hat tip statistically to David Jablonski from the Dayton Daily News who says this is the first time in history of Ken Palm rankings, which go back to the early 2000s, that Dayton has lost back-to-back games that teams ranked below 200. But the next not three non-con are uh, against opponents below 300, so let's hope we don't start that streak, Rex, uh, as we look ahead to Austin P coming in here on Saturday. No. Uh, but, you know, tonight, 78-59, Lipscomb and, and Dayton really just didn't do much well. And we talked about during the break, Rex, that just before you talked about how this is a Dayton team that you feel like would be much better equipped or would be things would be going a little better for them if they could get out in transition and score. They're not doing that right now. They're, they're having a low offensive output. We've talked about just you know another 59 points tonight, 58 the night before. It's not like a team like St. Louis that's built to. Right. St. Louis has that identity of, yes, low scoring, so not terribly offensively efficient, but they'll beat your rear ends in right. on the defensive end, and they'll turn it into a rock fight, and they're built to win low-scoring right. games. Yep, this Dayton team is neither of those. Yep. And St. Louis got St. Bonaventure's got the same thing. They're just they'll drag it out, and they've got kids that have been in the program for three or four years. So, uh, you know, it's we just got to get it, get it moving. Yep. Jeff is in Dayton, and he's at the Bud Light Mike. Hey guys, I I ran into my good friend Bobby Bell at the arena today, and his catchphrase was always, "It's all about guard play," and our guard play is atrocious. Still, they uh, I just. They, they they just haven't uh, they there there isn't uh, no leader has stepped up. I mean, uh, Malachi Smith played okay. He also got burned on defense a few times because he's young. That's it's understandable. But uh, you know Weaver he would be a senior normally. You know and 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 you have Kobe Alvis is like they call him a freshman, but he played at DePaul last year. He played a full season. You know Kobe Brea he was hurt last year for much of the season. So. You know, he is probably as close to a freshman as, as you're going to come. But, uh, you know, they, they they just don't seem to know where anyone is on the floor. You know, and that's that's really Anthony's offense is everyone knowing where everyone is. And, you know, teams win, players don't win. And and they, they, they're really struggling with that. So I just wonder what took Anthony so long to walk into the locker room and say, hey, guys, are you going to pay attention and – you know, buy in because, you know, that that really seems to be that they just haven't bought into the knowing where everyone is, knowing your spot on the floor and knowing, you know, the point guards, especially knowing where all those other guys are supposed to be. I agree with you, Jeff. I think the ball just it gets stagnant sometimes and the ball sits in, let's say, the right wing or the left wing for 10 or 15 seconds. Before you know it, the shot clock's down to 18 and then you're, everything is pick and roll in today's game. I mean, it's it's not rocket scientists. It's, it's not as if you're doing this and that. And uh, we're just not getting the consistent play inside at this time that we've had in the last few years. And until we get that play, it's going to be extremely hard for the guys outside. Tom is in Kettering, and he's at the Bud Light mic. Hi, Tom. Gentlemen. Tom. Um, you, you know, uh, let's talk about the big guy for Lipscomb just banging into Holmes, just constantly banging into him. I guess if, if the defensive player gives a little ground, they don't call nothing. Nope. Because it's all about offense now. Exactly right. So, yeah. yeah. And so, but you're never going to have, you know, Holmes might be 200 or 210 or something like that. But 
you know, that's spread out over a lot of, lot of space. And, and, you know, that guy just, you know, he, he manhandled him. And, and uh, uh, you know, so, number one, all of them aren't strong enough, okay? Uh, they, they need to be stronger. And, and uh, uh, you know, I think a lot stronger. Because the only guy that's really solid out there is Moo. Malachi Smith, yeah. Yeah. okay? And, and Mulai. And, you know, Mulai uh, got in tonight, helped a little bit, but, you know, he, he's the one that finally drew uh, an offensive foul on, on the big guy yeah. for, for Lipscomb. So, you know, and then one thing they didn't do tonight, which they seemed to do in the other games, the big guys become unbig when they bring the ball down to their waist. And, and you know, they, they lost the ball a number of times in the game Saturday night. Because they just brought the ball down to our to their waist, and and some uh, some guard took it away. Some little guard took it away. Well, you know that's that stuff's going to happen when you when you you're eliminating any advantage you have in height. So, but you can't. You know that's just stuff. That well, the things they can they can do defensively. They can either front the post or side the post and double team. Uh, last night watching Purdue the Wright State game. As soon as the ball went inside the right state they came with a double team and maybe that's something that we might have to look at doing you know teams today though they can kick it out for the threes and it makes it tough to guard sure but sure. If, we, if we're not stopping the big guy inside which we didn't i agree with you 100 percent. Right. we've got to get the ball out of his hands and get it in somebody else's to beat us yeah it's, and it's got to be fast yes yep. you know yep. so yep guys thanks a lot thank you, know, you tom the, the sun will come up tomorrow it will <laughs> that i believe tom thank you for your service <laughs> To the phone lines, Joe is in Kettering, and he's on Flyer Feedback. Hi, Joe. Joe and Kettering going once, going right. twice. There you go, Joe. Welcome to Flyer Feedback. Go ahead. Hey, um, so I have a lot of questions, um, but I know we have limited time. Uh, so after three absolute debacles of games, I'm going to ask a really simple question. Why on earth did it not occur to anyone on the coaching staff or the game to double team number 23 when he got the ball in the low post? We had I just said it. No one <laughs> who could even remotely guard him. Well, that's, you know, your, your philosophy is if, if you're going to try to uh, stay behind the guy, that way you're not limit, you're eliminating the kick out for threes. But tonight we could not guard him inside. And as I just said a few minutes ago, sometimes we might have to look at doubling down on the post and bringing the weak side wing over to create that double team. And I think we've got enough length in there to do that, but we have not done it yet in three games because we, have really, we haven't played against a guy like tonight that's a good post player. But we're going to see that in the next few games. Kansas is really big inside, and Miami's got some big guys. So that's probably something that Coach Grant's got to think about. Yep. Joe from Kettering, well, we're thinking yeah, of the call. We're going to lose by 40 points to St. Bonaventure when Austin, I always forget how to say his name right, um, when that guy comes into town. He's going to absolutely, he's going to drop 40 on us like this. Yeah, you're thinking of Asuna Sunyi. Yeah, that's uh, that's not going to yeah, go well there. Yeah, that, he, that guy's a great player. And he will, oh, yeah? He will, he will be David West when he comes in here if we don't double team and help with that guy. Yeah, could be Ben. His bearings. We'll see. Well, Joe and Kettering, we thank you for the call tonight here on Flyered Feedback. It's John Bedell. It's Rex Gardecki and you. The show continues after this break right here on the Home of the Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. 
You're listening to Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk. Call with your questions and comments now. 457-1290. Flyer Feedback on 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Flyer Feedback at a newly renovated Flanagan's Pub. It's John Bedell, former Flyer Rex Gardecki, and you joining us here for Flyer Feedback, and we thank you uh, for that tonight. We also thank our friends at Flanagan's for their continued support and their hospitality and their support of Flyer Feedback here on WHIR Radio. So before the break, Rex, we had Joe from Kettering call in want to know why Dayton didn't double the big guy. Brooks Hall listening, former Flyer Brooks Hall on the call. He texted me. His insight is uh, the big is one of the best passing bigs in the country. They're also an efficient shooting team. Yep. That's why you don't double. Brooks's point was they shot 60% from three uncontested looks. Imagine doubling and giving those guys open looks. So insight yep. and perspective from former Flyers. Still great. Yep. The pride of Troy, Brooks Hall. There you go. It's, it's a tough call to make uh, when guys are shooting the ball, which they do. They've got, they spread you out, and they put those yep. two shooters in the wings, and they're playing four, four out and one in. And uh, – the guy is a good passer, and he's, he's a good player. I mean, you yeah. know, you look at his stats for the last couple of years, I mean, he's a man out there, and tonight he, he proved it. Yeah, sure did. Dave is in Oakwood. Dave, welcome to Flyer Feedback. Yeah, hi. Uh, this question is for Rex. Um, you know, I'm I watching. You guys have pointed out tonight that, that we can't get the ball inside. I just question – this is my question – we have Kobe Brea, we have Amzil that can shoot a three-point shot pretty good. I've watched three games, and I haven't seen somebody uh, screen a three-point shot this so far this year. I mean, you know, the, those guys, Amzil can, if his feet are set, he can shoot. But is, is it, you know, out of the question to have a screen on the three-point shot to try and draw draw them out? Is that am I wrong on that or no? You're you're right on that, but everything is determined by the, the pick and roll at this point. And if we, if we're not if we're not coming off that screen hard, and that's something you got to really work out, and you got to do it hard. And we're just we're just not efficient at this time in it. I mean, sure, it's easy okay. to say sit there and you know on the on the wing and shoot three pointers or night, but if you're not if you're not getting any penetration to kick the ball out, that's what that's what Lipson did tonight. They just triple drove, and when we helped out, they just kicked kicked the ball out, and we're just not doing it at that point. But I I yeah. agree with you. We've got some shooters, but we're just not effective at this time right now. Yeah, I, I just I just think that when, for instance, Amzil is an example. I just think he, if his feet are set, he he's he's good, and when he gets it off the pass. Sometimes it's not there, and, you know, at other times, you know, if he's not guarded, he's set, and it's good. So, well, I, you know, I just – I agree with you, but, but that's why people scout people and uh, take nothing away from his office, but he's, you know, he's a set shooter at this point. You, He's not going to be coming off a screen and shooting because – He's not quick enough with feet to do that. Teams are – they're putting a 6'6 six, six or 6'7 six, guy, and I'm just saying, okay, you just face guard him. You just continue to face guard him, and that's what they're doing with Kobe Brea. They're just face guarding him and say, you beat us off the dribble, and they have not done that yet. So I see what you're saying, but we've not proved effective at this time to do it. Okay. Thanks for the explanation, really. Thank you. Dave from Oakwood, thanks for checking in on Flyer Feedback, and thanks for tuning in tonight, and we appreciate the call. Dayton Loser, 78 78- 59, Dayton drops to 1-2 and two on the year. And now, Rex, uh, they look ahead to Austin P. Uh, and then, we, so I want to 
sorry, I'm multitasking here looking at my phone, the text that just came through. So, got a couple of questions on Twitter. Where was Greer tonight? Did not see him on the bench from two people on Twitter. Just texted uh, Doug Hostchild with UD. He said he was sick. That was why he was uh, not on the bench tonight. So, there you go. A couple of questions about Lynn Greer. UD says he's sick. So, that's why he wasn't on the bench tonight. Yep, I don't think we need to say anything more. Yeah, it's, uh, the, even the guys that uh, – <laughs> well, I was going to say the guys that were there really weren't. Uh, you know, it was just – it was bad, Rex. It was, you know, it, like I said, one and two. You lose you lose two bye games in a row. You lose two games in a row to sub-200 Ken Palm teams. It's just stuff that's not supposed to happen, but yet here we are, and yeah. it's happened. <laughs> and I, I'm not telling you you got to like it, Dayton fans, because you shouldn't. You should not like what's going on right now. No, you, you lose um, if you're two, frustrated, yeah. that's okay. You lose two games like this, and you look at the strength of schedule, and boy, that hurts. That really hurts when you, because this is going to drop us. I think what we're nine, we were ninety fourth after the loss, yeah. and uh, we're, we're going to move into fast. one one thirties or one forties at this point. So, uh, and it doesn't get easier. I mean, as I said earlier, we have no cavalry coming. We we don't have a a pro player coming off the bench right. or this and that. So we just got to grind it out and get better at it. And the guys have got to become accountable for themselves. Yeah. And uh, if if the ones that aren't, then they're going to sit because there's not, there's nothing more that AG can do for for the kids. And here's the cold reality, too, Rex. For Dayton fans, know this, or they they should know this. Two sub one, first of all, one will do you in. Two sub two hundred losses in November, Rex. That destroys your at large resume before you can even think about starting to build it. I mean, right. it's just those are killers, and it's it's to the point where, <laughs> at large wise, you can't overcome that kind of thing. No, no, you just can't. Sorry, but. That's them's the breaks. Yep. You know, unless unless we get through a hot streak here and uh, you know win four or five or six, you know, especially the, or twenty, twenty nine. <laughs> Come on, John. Yeah, we just need to win a game or twenty nine to overcome. I know these we're two trying losses. to get through this, John. I'm just uh, kidding. I know. I know. You got to laugh just, to keep from crying. I know. Rex. I know. It's 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 not an easy situation, and no. you know I've been around some of those situations where we'd lose two or three in college, and you know Coach Donner was so good for that, and then he he would just literally call in the leaders and say, okay, boys. This is what's going to happen now. You're going to buy in or you're not going to buy in. And if you don't, you know, hit the door. And I think that's what's going to have to happen with AG at this point. He's just going to have to say, it's, it's going to be done this way. And if it's not, then you're going to sit, you know, and you can sit there and rot on the bench. So uh, so we're going to find out in the next week, two weeks, yeah. you know, what this team is made out of and, and where we're going to go. Yeah, because it's, you know, we talk about, you know, Austin P sub 300 coming in here on, on, uh, on Saturday, fine. And we, we talk about, you know, when they go to Orlando. But, Rex, look at the schedule. I mean, it doesn't get – they've got tough games when they get back from Orlando. Oh, yeah. You've got Ole Miss on this schedule. Yeah. You've got uh, Virginia Tech coming in here. Yeah. I mean, you've you've got – I mean, it's it's SMU. Don't forget that about the return right. game at SMU. I mean, yep. it there's – ooh. Yep. It's, it doesn't get easier until we get into conference. So, um, you know, it's got to go on the road to play some of those games. And all of a sudden we open up, you know, with – with Rhode Island and St. Bonaventure, two of the better teams. In the, it's a tough stretch to open up A-10 play, I tell you that. Yeah. Right and, now. Uh, you know, it wasn't discussed, but I did see where the, we're adding uh, Loyola Chicago into the Correct. The, yes, the Ramblers. So, so that's good, having a Chicago connection and uh, yeah. good for recruiting, hopefully, and, and see what happens the next year or two. Fine. Cover your Dayton fans. Jesuit institution yeah. coming into the league again with uh, St. Joe's and uh, St. Louis and the like. Speaking of which, around the A-10, the aforementioned St. Joe's Hawks, they're a loser tonight, 78-75 to Drexel, so they drop a big five game in Philadelphia. George Mason with the win of the night, Rex, 71-66 over the number 20 Maryland Terrapins. So uh, quite a win for George Mason as they got a new coach in there and yep. his stock's rising and the, the Patriots are off to a 4-0 start. LaSalle a loser, 85-82 to Delaware. And then, of course, uh, De- uh, 
Dayton, the loser, 78-59 to Lipscomb. Rhodey, a 57-49 winner over Boston College, and with 50 seconds to go in the game, you talk about a low-scoring affair here, VCU up 46-37 over Vanderbilt. <laughs> so, former fly Roddy Chapman. Fly Roddy Chapman. Down there, down there, so, you thought Dayton's was well scoring. How about how's 46-37? Boy, that, I bet that's an entertaining game to watch. Uh, I was going to say, I saw that score of VCU 58-44 to last week. I'm thinking, how can VCU, with all their pressure that they apply, Havoc. That, that they just they can't create easy yeah. offense? And they've been able to do that in the past, but maybe they just don't have the horses to do it. Yeah, we, we sat here, Rex. I feel like we're at we're, where we're at on Saturday, where you look ahead and think, they just, they just laid an egg. And now they got to do some soul searching and try to right the ship here. Well, here we are again. They just had a clunker. Now they got to figure out, okay, how do we yeah. just, you know, try to get a win Saturday and get some good mojo going before you head off to, to Florida? Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's tough for the coaches. I believe me, there's not going to be, you know, much sleep in the grand house tonight and the assistant coaches' house. You know, that's why they're getting paid the big bucks to do this. And uh, hopefully they can break the film down and we can sort of say, okay, now. Do you see this? Do you, do you see why we're not scoring into this, or do you see, you know, why we're not why we're not making stops? And they'll be able to break the film segment down into areas like that. So, hopefully, Matt, that'll be repetition getting into the kids' mind. They're saying, yeah, you know, maybe if we were to do this or not do this along the lines. But uh, we we just got to be. I think we've got to become more consistent in our offense. Defensively, we're doing okay. I mean, we're not yeah. we're not world beaters in it, but we just need to score more points, John. You know, yeah. it's as simple as that. Is the old theory is we're if we we're, we're going to outscore you, and yep. the, the team three years ago they'd outscore you. So uh, you know, you get some games you win eighty eight to eighty four, but you you got to be able to put some put the ball in the basket in today's game. And a Hall of Fame coach in high school used to say, "Consistency first, then improve." This is <laughs> we, this is not the kind of consistency we're talking about. No. We don't want to consistently yeah. lose by games. No, no, it's. <laughs> It's hard. It's it's difficult. So uh, let's, we're going to wake up tomorrow morning. The sun's going to be in. Hopefully we're going to be better for, for Saturday's game. We'll see. So. Well, i got some soldiers needed between now and then. So that's going to do it for us Dayton fans one more time. Dayton Loser, 78-59. We will talk to you Saturday after Austin P. And until then, for my partner Rex Gardecki, I'm John Bedell saying thanks for listening, everybody. Go Flyers. This is Flyer Feedback, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO. Dayton's News and Talk.